And it really is about understanding what the church is, how God's designed it, and what he's called us to be in relation to it. So in a way, all of us have been called by God to marry the church. And no one should enter into that lightly. And so what we have decided to do over the last several weeks and the next several weeks is to, to teach on what it is to be committed to the church as God has set it forth. And if you were not able to be here last week, uh, these are just critical messages. Last week in particular was a very critical message Matt delivered to us. It's called Committed to Functional Membership. Committed to Functional Membership. It's part four in the series. If you weren't able to be here, would you mind just holding your hand up and the ushers are going to come find you real quick and give you a copy of this. So you just keep your hands up for a moment while these ushers come and find you. That would be very helpful. Let's see. I don't want to overload the, the ushers with something else to do here in just a moment, but uh, biblical explanation as to our involvement with sovereign grace. So hopefully everyone has a Bible with you, and you can open it with me to a couple of passages that we will just go through quickly. Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, strongly encourage and urge folks, uh, you, sh you should have a unique relationship with your Bible. You should. Your Bible should occupy a, a unique place in your life. I would encourage everybody to own their own Bible, to, to let it be something that you, you take with you to places, that you, you hang out with it. It is, it is a companion. It is a friend. Um, you, you, should, you should be familiar with its layout. You should be able to, if you're a picture-oriented person, you should know where things are on pages. You should write notes in your Bible. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, at some point here in the near future, we're going we're gonna to buy a bunch of Bibles that we would suggest people own. Uh, but you should have your own Bible, and, and it should be something that has a major part in your life that you relate to it on a regular basis. But in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus makes a statement here, and then we're just going to walk real quickly through a few passages to see how did he fulfill this intention. He has this exchange with Peter uh, in verse 18. He says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, this rock of the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, he is the revelation of God's salvation, the rock. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus declares he is on a mission. He is building his church church. That's what he's up to. So if you want to know what Jesus Christ is doing in the world today, he is building his church. That's the primary thing that he is doing. Well, how does he do that? Well, skip over to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And you, kind of, you get kind of a flow chart element here as we look into the dealings of God in building his church. Remember, later on in Matthew, Jesus gives the great commission. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel teaching those to um, observe all that I have commanded. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. And you're to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This great commission is a mission for the church. It's, it's not an individual mission. It's a mission for the church. And, and really, American Christianity needs to get informed. It's not an individual mission. It's a mission for the church that individuals are a part of. In Acts chapter 1, this, this global economy comes in again, verse 8, where Jesus again speaking says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, we get an unfolding dynamic of Jesus is building his church. He's beginning in Jerusalem. But out of Jerusalem, this explosion is going to occur, and the gospel is going to go through the church into the earth, into Judea and then into Samaria and then all over the world. Now, you remember last week we asked you to pray for the team as we went away, and if you flip back to Acts chapter 13, uh, the scripture that I cited to encourage you to do that was the meeting that took place in Acts 13 in the first few verses there, we won't read it again, of a meeting of a church in Antioch. Now, just a few years uh, after Jesus had spoken in Acts chapter 1, there was no church in Antioch. There was a church in Jerusalem. But that church in Jerusalem was faithful to do what God had called it to do, and it began to proliferate and enlarge its borders and go to other places. And it went to Judea, which is still not in Antioch yet. And then it went to Samaria, which is still not in Antioch yet. When it got to Antioch, which was much farther north and to the west, you're almost getting to the remotest parts of the world as far as these guys were concerned. They were fulfilling the Great Commission. And when we find it fulfilled in Antioch, a church exists. It's a gathering of people who are committed to one another. They're walking out New Testament principles, and there are leaders in that place. They have gathered for a time of prayer and direction by the Holy Spirit. And God directs them to send Paul and Barnabas. And from Antioch, they will launch three missions journeys. Really, if to, to accurately understand their journeys, those journeys were church planting missions. That's what they were. Sometimes we just call them Paul's missionary journeys. I think that's too nebulous. It wasn't just so this individual man went out, visited people, came back, and that was his journey. No, he intentionally was out to plant churches. That's what he did. The rest of the New Testament is Paul now interacting with the churches that were planted. He had, in effect, created a network of local churches that were at that point in remotest parts of what the Christian world would have been. And he was, as a leader, along with other apostolic team members with him, knitting those churches together into a network, a family of churches, if you will, that related through a common bond of belief and mission and leadership. Now, that's what we see in the New Testament. If, if one wants to understand, and really, one should question why we do the things that we do as a church. Uh, one should not be uninformed why churches make the decisions that they make. It's not healthy for believers to be that way. One of the first things we said in this church covenant was that we should be able to give a biblical explanation for everything we do in our lives. You should be able to do that. In every dimension of your life, you should have a biblical explanation as to why you do it. Uh, well, today, what you're going to watch today will help you, and what I'm giving you just quickly in these passages is the biblical explanation as to why this local church in New Orleans is a part of something called Sovereign Grace Ministries on a global level. What Paul established, and if you look in a couple other places, you can go back and check these later. If you, if you were to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, you would find Paul interacting with this church that's located in the southern part of Greece, but he's telling them about the churches in the northern part of Greece. And he's talking about what they've done. He says this, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. It's northern Greece. It's a different location, different set of churches, but connected to the church in Corinth through the Apostle Paul and the common mission they share. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. 
For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own free will, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Now what's interesting here, Paul is talking to the Corinthians in southern Greece about a church and a group of churches in northern Greece who have given sacrificially financial offerings to support the saints way over here in Jerusalem. And now you see the effectiveness of this network of churches that these, these, the need that was taking place in Jerusalem is not going to go unmet. It's not going to be unministered to because God has knit together churches through apostolic care that Paul is able to go to various places and say, you know, guys in northern Greece, you may not have any idea, but there are believers in Jerusalem that, that are really part of our family. We love and care for them. And we need you to participate in the need that they have way over there. And because of Paul's involvement, the churches in northern Greece and the churches in southern Greece are all able to participate in a need that's many, many miles away from them. And now, you know, Paul, and Paul's not functioning on an island here. If you, if you were to read in Philippians chapter 4, you know, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Remember that famous passage? Does anybody have any idea what's around that? Most of us don't, don't have any idea what's around it. Paul is citing that his ministry as an apostle has been funded by the church in Philippi, which is in northern Greece. And he cites that because of the way in which you have given, you gave when nobody else was giving to me to help me in my ministry. And God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory because you have participated in the ministry that God has given me and made it possible. God's going to make sure and meet your needs. Trust him. That's the context for that statement. But, but if you read the New Testament, sometimes you read past those types of verses and you don't realize there was a relationship amongst churches. And it was provided for by a network of apostolic care and leaders who gave the church a, a greater than local existence. It brought it into a global economy. It made local individuals who live their lives amongst each other on a local level aware that God is doing something in other places. Things are just beginning to take place. New churches are being birthed. People are being won to the kingdom. Uh, needs are present in other locations where the body of Christ is, and the need is bigger than they are in that local economy. And, and we're going to appeal to you in this location to help with the need that's over there. Well, that's, that's essentially what, what Sovereign Grace Ministries is. Sovereign Grace Ministries is a family of local churches who come together committed to the same doctrine and mission and are knit together by an apostolic team of leaders who they give care and oversight to a network of churches and then they yoke us together to be able to, to do something on a scale that we could never do on our own. And, and for years, if you've been in the church for many years, you'll know that uh, for years we existed as a local church without a larger global ability to be connected and just really felt like when we read the New Testament what we see here is not that pattern what we see in the New Testament is a, is a family of churches that connect to one another relationally through apostolic care and then participate in a larger global mission and by God's grace beginning way back in 1997 God allowed us to get to know a relationship with individuals within sovereign grace and eventually to give us a heart to be a part of that. And so last year, our adoption was finalized, and we became a part of Sovereign Grace Ministries, although we had been receiving care from them for a number of years. Well, this morning, uh, all over 
these churches, either this morning or next week or the previous week, the video that we're going to watch has been watched. And it's about 35 minutes. And for us, this will be a, a very easy video to watch. And you'll, you'll see why very quickly. Uh, each year, this presentation, which is intended to, again, knit the churches together in understanding our mission together, uh, it tells a story about a different dynamic of the ministries. Well, they chose this year to tell the story of two churches, just two churches, as examples of how this family of churches, uh, how that relationship serves people in the body of Christ. And they chose two churches, one in England and one in New Orleans, Louisiana. And so this will be an easy video for us to watch because half of, more than half of the video is about us. And I can't think of, for us, a greater way for us to realize what it's, what it's like to be, from the context of what we just looked at, what is it like to be the saints in Jerusalem when the Apostle Paul is talking to the saints in Philippi and parts of Macedonia and down into Corinth, and he is saying, hey, guys, uh, I have this relationship with a church over here who needs your help. And because of the relationship with Paul, they say, Paul, if you know that church has a need, we value who you are, we trust who you are, we trust your evaluation, we are more than happy to participate. Uh, in a modern setting, that's what we experienced this past year. As this family of churches was mobilized by apostolic ministry to come to the aid of us in New Orleans. And the great thing is this morning, we now have the opportunity to return the favor. So this is an exciting, exciting morning as far as I'm concerned. So let's, can we dim these lights and uh, are we ready to, to show this mission presentation? Again, it's about 35 minutes and when we're done, I'll come back up and, and close our meeting with uh, how we can participate. We'll spend a few moments thanking God for his amazing grace in our lives as well. Would you like to have to speak after that? Uh, Matt, go ahead and come up. We're going to prepare just to let the Lord lead us in responding and participating. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of a sense about what the ministry of sovereign grace does in a real way in people's lives. And for many folks, um, our perspective would be unique because we have been the recipients really in, in many ways since about 1997 from the moment we began a, a friendship and relationship with men within Sovereign Grace who began to influence our lives and how we walked, how we walked together, what the vision for a local church was, how to care for one another, uh, what doctrinal soundness was, what uh, wise methods and practice were. We have been receiving for many, many years from Sovereign Grace Ministries and this last year it just became uh, receiving on steroids, I guess, uh, as the grace of God poured into our lives in incredible ways through people who, who sit together in church settings just like ours but somewhere else who experience in moments of their lives a level of need that far exceeds what the local church is able to, to do. And that's what Sovereign Grace has been able to create, a network, a family of churches, that are united through a group of leaders who join us together in a common mission. 
And you know, if you look through the brochure, maybe just glance through that with me for a moment. Uh, this year's presentation didn't cover many of the the realms of Sovereign Grace Ministries that we would value, we would hold dear, we would thank God for the privilege of being able to participate in eternal things, in settings that are, are foreign to us. You see in the inside cover there, it says 67 Sovereign Grace Churches. And there are four members of the leadership team. They're supported by 17 members of regional leadership teams. You would know Danny Jones as a regional support for us. Brent Detweiler would be the a member of the four, uh, part of the four member man apostolic team who gives oversight to us and care for us as well. Uh, but over 200 pastors, 750 small group leaders, 22,000 church members would make up the Sovereign Grace uh, family of churches. And you see the couple of the churches that were planted last year and we would be one of the churches that were adopted in the past year. And you can read through here and learn something about the associate program, which is, is allowing churches all over the world to benefit from uh, Sovereign Grace Ministries, the, the sound teaching, the relationships and care that are being extended into churches that aren't, are not a member of Sovereign Grace, but, but they, are, they are building relationships and they are benefiting and, and seeking to build the kingdom in like manner in various locations around the world. And you would see... Uh, list of associate memberships from uh, Naganjera, Uganda, and uh, what's taking place there in India. Uh, there's a ministry there that, that, that there's been quite a bit of, of ministry through Sovereign Grace, through the pastors and teams that have gone to, to India and Sri Lanka, uh, into the Philippines, uh, up into Canada. Uh, there's a number of international ministry uh, components that are, uh, that are mentioned in your outline there as well. Uh, huge amount of things happening in Bolivia, uh, Mexico. Uh, and you can see all the places that are there, and I, I want to highlight that in our minds because, you know, there are certain things that local churches do in America, and there are opportunities for the gospel in other parts of the world. There has been involvement with Sovereign Grace in relating to networks of churches that are being established in China. And, you know, until you can put yourself in the position of being a, a, a pastor who suddenly, in many of these settings, they got saved Within a few years, they've recognized there's something in my life that wants to minister a certain way. Next thing you know, God's gathering people around them. They're young in the Lord. They're enthusiastic. They have a Bible and very, other, very little other resources. And yet God is bringing people into their lives. And next thing you know, they're pastoring people. And they're trying to figure out, what on earth am I doing? And along comes a group of leaders who have been walking with churches and caring for churches doctrinally and practically for decades and a relationship gets birthed, and these men are able to bring really apostolic care into these, these pastors' lives. Well, there are networks of churches. The church in China is growing at such a rate that it's staggering. And God has allowed some of the apostolic men within Sovereign Grace to be involved with networks of churches that are being created in China and to serve them and to go and teach. And a lot of this stuff you'll never get a chance to read about because it's being done in a setting in China uh, where if it were to be known publicly, it would endanger all the work that's taking place there. And so we've been able to hear about some of those things. Uh, I just got back from spending time with uh, the, the team of churches that are in our region that we relate to and, and being with those pastors and being encouraged and sharing our lives and building relationship together. Uh, one of the things that's about to occur that, that we may be a vital part of in the future 
is the, the potential that a network of churches is going to begin to grow uh, in the Caribbean islands. Uh, there's been a, a huge amount of work taking place in Cuba, uh, through the churches in Florida, through Danny Jones' involvement, uh, throughout the, uh, the islands, uh, in Haiti, and Dominican Republic, and Nassau, and down in the Bahamas. Uh, there's just a lot of things that are happening that are very, very exciting. But all these things, they, they take resources, they take money to pull them off and to send teams of people and to send pastors to go minister into these locations. There's a pastor's college that you saw some of the information about that's mentioned in your brochure. and uh, it's, it's a huge investment every year for individuals. I think it takes an individual about $35,000 in cost to send somebody to the pastor's college. It's a unique setting. It's not like a, a seminary. Uh, but it has teaching and living components that educate and inspire men to follow the calling that's in their lives. Uh, all these things, conferences that are equipping us and equipping others in the body of Christ, resources, disaster relief is mentioned there. We obviously would know a lot about what that means. But there's, there's an opportunity for us to build the kingdom. That, you know, without sovereign grace, our, our opportunities would be very limited. We would have opportunities to build a kingdom locally, but not like this. And what I want to encourage us to do, and, you know, there's a, there's a challenge for us because we're, we're facing the building of the reestablishment of our church, and, and financially we are facing the, the biggest challenge financially we've ever faced in the history of, of being a local church. And as we've shared last week, your, your giving has been incredible. It's been sacrificial still needing more folks to pray and, and get under the weight of the burden of what we're doing locally. But in spite of all that, we're just going to trust God that he would, he would lead you individually to respond the way in which he wants you to respond right now in this season. I mean, I'm anticipating that we're going to get past the building thing in a few years and, and the weight of that burden is going to lift as the church grows and as we, we pay off the investment that we're making to be a local church here in New Orleans. Uh, I'm excited about what financially we're going to be able to do with Sovereign Grace for many years to come. But I'd like for us to, at this point, figure out ways to say thank you to the incredible amount of care that we have received from individuals who have sown into our lives they have sacrificed. They made us a priority in our need. They have prayed for us and prayed for our city and continue to do that. There's just no way to put a value on that. I don't even think we begin to understand what occurred in the heavens when individuals in these churches gathered to pray for us over this past year. You can't put a dollar amount on that. Some of us didn't go crazy because people prayed for us. Some of us didn't dry up, didn't lose faith, didn't freak out, didn't accuse God because individuals prayed for us. They did that not because there was a need in New Orleans, but because they felt there was family in New Orleans. And, and that exists because we're a part of a family of churches. So can we figure out ways to participate here? It's prayer, but obviously it takes finances to do this. And if you look in your brochure, there's a couple of different ways that you can 
contribute and be a part financially of what Sovereign Grace Ministries is doing. There's a monthly gift that you can sign up for to begin to give monthly or to continue to do that if you have been doing that or to increase that and you can fill out the appropriate amount that you feel led by your family to participate in on a monthly basis uh, you can you can give either by check or you can you can have it drafted out of an account or out of, off of your uh, visa card and there's places for you to fill out all that information uh, there maybe is a one-time gift that you feel like you could give at this point uh, to support the ministry but can I ask you to, to figure out a way, you know, even if at this point you are saying, you know, uh, boy, our resources are stretched as far as they can be stretched. We have, we're given to the building fund and what God's doing here at a, at a rate that's requiring faith on a monthly basis. And I hope that's true for everybody here. It's true for us. And so I, I see sovereign grace and my heart goes out. I love this ministry. I love these folks. Uh, I'm going to have to get real creative to figure out how I can go beyond what I'm giving to give here. But you know what I'm discovering as I give, and I put giving as a priority, in the face of all the needs that are in my own life, uh, I find God gets real creative in figuring out how to meet my needs and how to bless me. So it's kind of kind of fun in a way. Kind of fun to just sign on and say, oh, God, okay, God, let's see how you do this one. <laughs> I'm giving in a way that I can't afford to. Let's see what you do. I, I'm pretty sure... God won't turn around and say, uh, I can't afford to help you, buddy. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> I bet God will show up in amazing, miraculous ways in our lives. He will. You're absolutely right. Um, a couple of encouragements specifically for some folks here. Uh, some folks need to update the way in which they give. Uh, you get into a rut. You get into a pattern you've been giving in certain ways for years and you've never challenged that you've never gone before God and say God are there fresh ways you want me to give you know some for some folks fresh ways would be learning to tithe this would not be a tithe issue by the way for others it would be a matter of I've been tithing for years but I've never tried to get beyond that this would be a getting beyond that issue it'd be great for you to ask the Lord for fresh ways to do that there'd be some of you here that you are a resource and a blessing to ministries other parts of the world other types of ministries that go beyond the local church and, and you have been supporting that and for some of you you've been doing that for years perhaps even decades and wow the faithfulness of you doing that on a monthly basis is, is impressive and you just continue to do that but can I ask you to consider that on occasion you might need to update that what God had given you a vision to give 10 15 years ago to a ministry do you need to stop and say okay Lord do I need to consider sovereign grace now in that light and all that it's meant to us as a local church and all that it's doing across the world? Do I need to consider that maybe the season for me giving to that ministry is over and the season for me to now give to this ministry is what needs to begin? Uh, for those of you who are in that category, pray about that. See if the Lord would direct your giving in a fresh way uh, into categories that he's now updating into your life that have become meaningful as well. And one other encouragement, there are some of you here who receive directly the incredible sacrifice and benefit of these teams. I think 61 of our uh, family members or closely related family members had teams come and help them with gutting your homes, tearing out things, and helping you begin to recover it put you back on the road to recovery. Uh, as we were estimating and trying to see what we were doing in the beginning of this, 
the cost of what these teams did per house would, run, would have run anywhere from $5,000 to about $13,000 per household of what was helping you. I would really ask you to consider that was an incredible benefit. And what we did in the beginning was we made that just an issue of let the grace of God come pouring into your lives, knowing that for many of you, your insurance was going to pay for that. And so not only are we going to receive the benefit of people sacrificing to do that for you, but you are also going to get a check from your insurance company to pay for it. And you were never going to be required to spend in that fashion. Could I ask you to consider, has God stored up wealth for you to bless this ministry? Through that very event happening. And you ask the Lord, Lord, of what we received, what would you have us to give? So let's pray, and I, I want us to do a couple things. I want us to pray over our giving this morning. I'm going to ask you to, to fill out your form. Um, you, there's a little envelope space for you to put a check in there. Seal that. We're going to collect it from you at the end of the service. It will be mailed off to Sovereign Grace Ministries. If perhaps you're here this morning you, and you really want to give, but you're, you're not quite sure you're ready to do this this morning, we're going to give you another opportunity next week to be able to give. Uh, and then we're going to remind us probably on a once-a-month basis of not only the ministry of Lakeview, but the ministry of Sovereign Grace that we're a part of, that all of us can regularly have an opportunity to give on a monthly basis towards uh, what God is doing in other churches and in other places. So I'd like for us to pray for the offering. Did we end up getting a picture that we can put up? Um, I'd like for us to pray for these men. These would be the, uh, the four men who function uh, as the leadership team of Sovereign Grace Ministries. Uh, they are from left to right, Dave Harvey, uh, C.J. Mahaney, Steve Shank, and Brent Detweiler. And these men would oversee various regions of Sovereign Grace Ministries, and they would serve in an apostolic manner of giving support and care, and they provide the means for us to be a network of churches who relate to one another. Um, we just returned from three days of prayer and planning and asking God about issues in this one local church. At the end of three days, there was still a lot more that needed to be discussed and could have been done. I can only imagine what it's like to try and serve a region of churches and, and various activities that are going on in these places. So I'd like for us to pray this morning for Sovereign Grace Ministries for these men. And then we're going to close by singing and thanking God for his grace in our lives. Let's stand up together. Lord, today helps us to realize that your grace is abundant in our lives. Lord, not only are we amazed by your grace and by your care. We are also informed today that your grace travels down highways into our lives. People were the containers of that grace into our lives, whether that was offerings for a small family of churches that totaled $450,000, where those, these folks sacrificed to give into our lives and into our need. Or whether it was the highways of grace that individuals became to us when they 
took time off from work, packed up their stuff, and came down to New Orleans. Lived, many of them, in one place, got up early, worked hard all day long. Did so with care and humility and diligence. Or whether the highways of grace were individuals who were praying for us, who were interrupting their day, interrupting their care group meetings, interrupting their services, to think about families in New Orleans that they were related to, individuals that were facing needs, difficulty and suffering that was occurred in our midst that they shouldered and began to pray for us. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the highways of grace through which those deposits were made in our lives. Lord, thank you for these men, for Dave and for Steve and CJ, Brent, Lord, for Danny Jones and men who are serving that way. Lord, thank you for how their care and their mindfulness of our lives, of the leaders of this church, of the individuals who are part of this family here. Lord, thank you for giving them grace and gifting to knit our church together with other churches so that the resources and the aid and the support and the encouragement and the faith could flow into our lives. Lord, we we know that that has been abundant over this past year, but Lord, we thank you that since 1997, Lord, we have been the rich recipients of the care and support of these folks in our midst and in our lives. And Lord, thank you that today we have the opportunity to turn our faces in the other direction and say, here, can we bless you now? Can Can we bless those who have blessed us? Freely we have received, Lord, we desire now to freely give. Would you direct us and give us faith in in being a part of sovereign grace as it extends your gospel throughout this world into lives, some that we'll get to meet, many that we'll never get to meet, this side of heaven. But Lord, one day we will stand together and rejoice. Yes, amen. We will see what you led us to be a part of and how it touched people's lives pastors and individuals and churches and lost folks on the other side of the world. Lord, thank you. Thank you for letting us participate in that which is eternal. So Lord, as we as we're here this morning, give us give us the numbers that need to get put on these pages. Lord, give us the faith to walk in as we give to the work of your spirit through this family of churches that you've allowed us to be a part of. And Lord, as we sing to you now, receive our offering of of appreciation ultimately for your grace and care and support that you have lavished on us. Thank you, Lord.
every blessing you pour out I'll turn back to when the darkness closes in Lord still I will say blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your name is God blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be Glorious name. Sing verse two. Blessed be your the sunshine, shining down on me when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be. Blessed be.
Could I ask you to do this? Matt will close us out in a song. Could you fill out your form if you haven't already? Put in whatever check, or if you're, you're going to do this through your credit card, you won't need to put anything in here, but seal that up and then uh, pass it, let's see, pass it to your right. Pass it to your right. And when it gets to the end down there, the ushers will come and, and pick up uh, from each row what you, what you have there. And if for some reason you, you miss it on the way out, you can always drop yours off at the book nook. So if you'll take care of that uh, right now, and then we'll let Matt close us out. And uh, when he is done, we will be dismissed. kingdom on our behalf. God, we thank you that we have an opportunity, Lord, to see your kingdom expanded beyond the walls of this church, Lord, to see it go into the nations, Lord, into England, into Scotland, into Ireland, Lord, into Africa, into China, God, and beyond, so that your name might receive glory. Glorify yourself through our mission as a church, God. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.